Welcome to the Invested Dads Podcast, simplifying financial topics so that you can take action and make your financial situation better, helping you to understand the current world of financial planning and investments. Here are your hosts, Josh Robb and Austin Wilson. All right. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to the Invested Dads Podcast, a podcast where we take you on a journey to better your financial future. Today, we are going to be talking about pot stocks. All right, this is going to be our highest episode ever, I think. No, wait, <laughs> it, it pot seems stocks, likely. those aren't like cooking utensils. <laughs> like, we are talking about marijuana. Cast iron skillets. Yes, marijuana stocks. We are talking about marijuana stocks. Yes, you're exactly right. And this will be our highest episode in terms of episode numbers. So yes. it's Number, the latest one. episode 420 for... No, it's not. <laughs> uh, no, it is a topic that has come up. And we're going to be breaking down first kind of the legalization of it trying our best to stay out of politics, but just talking about the impact on that from an investor standpoint and then talking about whether or not you should invest in it. But this has come up because as it has become more and more mainstream and more and more in the news, the conversation has come up as it becomes more likely that some form will be legalized. And some states and countries have started that process. And I say countries because Canada up north right across us. the border. So that's it's been a conversation. So we thought we would address it. Yeah. So... The question is, yes. it's illegal on a federal level, right? Still is. So illegal. why are we talking about this? Yeah. Well, okay, let's just break this down because it's, it gets, it's a little bit more nuanced than that. So yes, it's illegal on a federal level, marijuana, according to the U.S. Drug Enforcement Agency, the DEA. DEA. And I'll link to one of their pages in the show notes, which breaks down the schedules. But marijuana is officially listed as a Schedule One drug at this point. How so many schedules are there? There's like five. Five. Okay. Yeah, there's like five schedules. So according to the DEA, a Schedule One drug has no currently accepted medical use and a high potential for abuse and also includes things like heroin, LSD, ecstasy, meth, and peyote in wow. addition to marijuana. That's a big range of... I know. It seems like some like really intensity. crazy yeah. drugs yeah. to like... Heroin, Native, LSD. But like then like Native American peyote. Peyote, yep. So and marijuana. very yeah, widespread things here, but the DEA itself is saying that marijuana has no accepted medical use and a high potential for abuse. So that is why they list it as a Schedule 1. Uh, we're going to get to it later, but I think as recent as 2016, that Schedule 1 classification was put under scrutiny, and it actually remained. It was asked to be looked at again, and, and it stayed it. as a Schedule 1 okay. at that point. But the Schedule 1 tag has not prevented many states from passing laws that enable at least some use of the substance. So we have a federal law. Yes. And the state's passing their own laws. So yep. does that make it legal or illegal? Yep. Okay. It sure does. Clears um, that up. So at a federal level, yeah, it remains illegal. But since states enforce their own narcotics statutes... There's a conflict between state and national legislation at that point. Like I said, as recent as 2016, that classification was challenged and rejected. One thing holding declassification back is the fact that the Food and Drug Administration, so the FDA, has not proven that it is scientifically and medically safe or effective. Or at least they haven't published any findings or research or studies that would say that. Whether they've done them or not, we really don't know. Okay. So the... FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, if they came out with some sort of research that said, hey, marijuana helped or at least didn't hinder this, then that would at least maybe help 
yeah. process for the DEA to reconsider adjusting that classification. No, yeah, gotcha. okay. absolutely. And it is good to note that it has been illegal on a federal level since 1937. And in 1970, that was when the, the DEA schedules came out. And then it at that point, it was listed as a Schedule 1 in 1970, which is, if you think about when that happened, that's like right at the end of the, you know, hippie, late yeah. 60s. Look at all these crazy guys. Oh, let's just make it illegal. So anyway, so let's... It was, it was legal before 1937 or just... It wasn't illegal. I guess that's a way to put it. There was no, no enforcement of it, it. Okay. at that point. But that's just like, there are other things that were legal or just not illegal back then, like cocaine and... All kinds of they crazy just hadn't things. Said like, anything about exactly, it. Law about it. Gotcha. Exactly. It hadn't become a problem. Is probably what happened. Okay. So let's talk about states. So we talked about this battle between the federal government and the states in terms of legislation. What's legal? What's not? So as of the summer of 2021, 19 states and districts. So the district being Washington D.C. have officially voted to permit legal recreational use of marijuana. Well, technically 20, because South Dakota's vote in 2020 was overturned by a circuit court ruling, and it's still under appeal. But 19 slash 20 states have, or or districts, if you include Washington, D.C., which we'll get to, have voted that into full statewide legality of recreational use. So let's break down the states and the timeline. In 2012, Colorado and Washington made marijuana. Washington State. Washington State made marijuana recreationally legal. In the state. In 2014, Alaska, Oregon, and Washington, D.C. made it illegal for recreational use. In 2016, California. Pause. Yeah. Washington, D.C. My my history slash government understanding of how everything works is Washington, D.C. They're not all federally regulated. Correct. It's, they have their it's, own. A, it's not a state, but it is a state. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they do their thing. They do they their own thing. They don't have any elected people in... I think like there's there's like a mayor and but like for like senate and correct the House they do not have, they representation. have representation there okay but they can pass their own little laws that's a whole nother topic for another day <laughs> because that's been discussed widely yeah. as well yeah. but yes washington dc it is they can legalize marijuana it's legalized <laughs> that you can recreationally use marijuana so if you question what your elected representatives are doing sometimes that could be the reason there you go <laughs> uh 2016 california maine massachusetts and nevada 2018, Michigan, Vermont, Illinois made it legal in 2019. Now, here's the ticker here. Arizona, Montana, and New Jersey made recreational marijuana legal in 2020, followed by New York, Virginia, New Mexico, and Connecticut in 2021. So, in total, and based on 2019 population estimates, about 40% of Americans, so not quite half, but 40% of Americans live in a jurisdiction where marijuana is legal for recreational use. And that was 2019. So yeah. all those after Arizona, Montana, which hardly anybody lives in there, New York, New Jersey, big, those are big. populated, Virginia, yep. New Mexico, and Connecticut. So that's probably, probably 40% getting close to that 50. Yeah, yeah, who knows? So that's big. Additionally, 37 states and territories have approved marijuana for medical use. 37. So that's a lot more than the 20. Yes. I'm not going to go through that list, but if you want to go through that list and you're curious, I'll link a great little resource from Ballotpedia.org, which has a good graphic you can check out. Link down in the show notes below. But based on 2019 estimates, again, kind of the most recent data we've got there, 67.5% of Americans live in a jurisdiction with access to medicinal marijuana. And my guess is and that that's higher as well. Up. Yeah. So notice that there were seven states 
that legalized marijuana for recreational use since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. Oh, yes. So I guess that would mean that they placed a high priority on it. You, you've been waiting for that one, haven't you? <laughs> so let's talk about support levels. Because obviously, we elect officials to mm-hmm. put laws through that represent us as Americans. But you would think that if the vast majority of people support something, it will at least get discussed as a potential for legislation. Yep. So let's talk about support levels. 12% of adults supported legalization in 1969. 12% of adults. This steadily increased. I'm talking every single measured period that they did a a measure. What percent of what adults went to Woodstock in 1969? <laughs> about 12%. <laughs> about 12%, yeah. yeah. Just checking. So this, this steadily increased to, net to 66% in 2019. 12% to 66% throughout those 50-some yeah. years. Yep. With older adults being less likely than younger adults to support throughout that data period. So the older you are, the less, statistically speaking, support you had for legalized recreational support of marijuana. When we look at it by political affiliation, there is a difference. Mm-hmm. 73% of Democrats support recreational legalization compared to only 40%. For Republicans. So that's a big that's a that's big, a big gap. Swing, big difference between them. When it concerns medicinal marijuana, ninety-six percent of Democrats support it and eighty-six percent of Republicans. So that's a lot closer big, between those two. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot closer. So when it comes to medicinal, I don't think as people have as much of a problem as when it comes to recreational there. Yeah, but as of right now, the FDA has not found any or released any research that's shown a positive correlation there. Okay. Yes. So, legislation. We talked about how, generally speaking, we're electing people that we expect to bring things that matter to the people as a whole to law. That's kind of what we do. So, based on the support levels, with a higher percentage of supporters being Democrats of recreational marijuana specifically, yep. and factoring in the blue legislature, legislative and executive branches of the federal government, it would be easy to expect some formal discussion anyway about this between now and the next midterms in 2020. They don't like to talk about during the midterms, though. No, no, no. Avoid controversy. Yes. Maybe they'll wait till after that, depending on how cl- – let's look at how close the polls <laughs> yeah. are and decide whether we're going to talk about this. But nothing firm as of now. Obviously, our legislators have a it's lot of It's not in an infrastructure plate. bill? It's not an infrastructure bill. Okay. They wanted to push that through first. Okay. To my knowledge, there's not a ton of line items for marijuana in the infrastructure no, bill. There's a lot not. of other things. <laughs> That's not it. So, Josh. Yes. I think one of the things that prompted this episode idea was yes. that you found a funny I found a dad, dad joke. joke. So, let's have dad joke of the week, and I have a couple for you. All right. We're going to get a couple of these. How do fish get high? <laughs> I don't know. Seaweed. Oh, man. I know. It's, it's funny. Okay. It's simple. You funny. wait. You wait. Okay. Got... This is more of a statement. Okay. I just spent my life savings on a cannabis farm. <laughs> the estate agent assured me it's a growth industry. <laughs> uh, okay. This is, this is why I chuckled at your joke. What kind of cannabis does a mermaid smoke? Oh, boy. Seaweed. Seaweed. <laughs> Same thing. That, I mean, just any animal. Anything. Any, any seaweed. sea creature. It's just Seaweed. Seaweed. So, Josh, kind of break down Good a little jokes. bit. Let's go pros and cons. Yes. Like, wh- why some people think that we should not, yeah. as a country, legalize recreational yeah. marijuana. And let's talk, then, flip side of that. Why some people think that we should. Okay. So, let's start with the argument against 
legalization. So people that don't think we should legalize or continue how we are with it being illegal. The addictive nature of marijuana. So some people believe the addictive nature in that if you legalize it, that could lead to higher costs of treatment for people in the drug addiction. They also believe that it could be a gateway drug towards other drugs. So if you experiment with marijuana, you could have a higher chance of trying other drugs all the way down to cocaine, heroin, you know, opioids, all that stuff. And then similar to smoking, I mean, you're inhaling smoke that there are some health effects, you know, lung cancer, a lot of cardiovascular diseases that could be a result of inhaling smoke whether it's from a cigarette or marijuana. And so then there's the mental health issue. That part of it is just because it's been illegal, there's not been a lot of research and study on the impacts, long-term impacts on some of this stuff. And that's probably part of the reason that there are these thoughts against it is because Mm -hmm. no one has published, not no one, the FDA specifically, hasn't published any research on this. So these things, whether they're true or not, have not been refuted or disputed it's just kind of opinion over time yep. at this point. So flip the page. Flip flop. So, so people who say this is a good thing, those are going to say let's legalize it. Yep. So the people arguing for the legalization, well, if you legalize it, chances are you're going to have some sort of tax on it. A high so tax. A uh, very high tax. <laughs> you're going to get new revenue. So state, local governments could, and we've seen that with some of the states that are legalizing True. either for medicinal yeah. or for recreational youth, they have seen an increase in revenue collection yep. from taxes. Alcohol, tobacco, you know, the sin tax is kind of what it's referenced yep. is some of those things that fall into that category. They have a higher tax and people accept or pay that higher tax on certain products like right. that. If you legalize it, that actually eases the enforcement burden for law enforcement and, and that side of things. You know, our court system, our law enforcement officers, there's a lot of time taken up for marijuana and you know if you legalize it a lot of that would be adjusted now there's one thing you know this is not a for or against but what if you are put in jail for marijuana possession and then they legalize it later like do you get a get out of jail card right or do you that is, and that's one of the debates because yes. there are probably thousands of people who have some sort of infraction or leading back on to that. or there's a piece right. of it yeah where it could impact them i think uh, i read that in 2018 out of the 10 million arrests in the U.S., over 1 million were drug-related, okay? Mm-hmm. Marijuana was the largest portion of all drug-related offenses at that point. So yeah. if you maybe reduce that as being an issue, then you free up your officers to focus on yeah. more serious and maybe violent crimes, sex trafficking, child this and that. Yeah. These are like, obviously everything's real, but these are like... Some of these are life and death situations yes. that you can then allocate more resources to. Yeah. So that's interesting. And then finally, along with all that, you know, if you legalize it, it will probably be studied more. It could have a higher safety because once the government gets involved, regulations, rules. I mean, you think of alcohol as a good example. You know, there's a minimum drinking age. There are limits to what you can do if you have consumed the level that you can have in your system before it's considered illegal to drive and those type of things. So with regulation, maybe would make a little higher safety around that use right now. And I think that the component, the actual drug itself, if it's legal and you're regulating the use of it and regulating how it's made and produced and the ingredients and all of this stuff, that could have less harmful additives if you bought it off the street you don't know what's in it and if it's legal 
then you at least have some control yeah. over what's in it there. So, yeah, potential for increased safety there. Yeah. So, you know, for and against, we're talking about arguments, right? Right. There's a moral aspect of it, too, kind of where you stand on. Even, again, if you lump in other types of those type of products that where you feel that makes sense or not. But from a high level, those are kind of the main arguments you see people put out there for and against. And then let's talk investing then, because wherever you fall on that scale... As of right now, there are ways you can invest in this industry. There are ways, if you wanted to, you could find companies here in the U.S. and, like I mentioned, globally, where if you wanted to invest and you could participate. So what are some of those and what do you got? Right. Some Well, some of the companies that you, if you watch the news, the CNBC, Business News, anything like that, yep. some of the cannabis-related companies that may pop up mm-hmm. are companies like Tilray, ticker T-L-R-Y, Canopy Growth Corporation, ticker C. GC Aurora Cannabis Inc. That's ACB. Um, those are if you're looking individual companies. There, not saying those are recommendations. Saying do your own research. Yep. Um, but those are just some names in the trend that are investable assets. Yep. Speaking of names, though, oh, I love names. Speaking of names, you know, I <laughs> you love, got a thing for tickers. I love a good ticker <laughs> that matches where where you're going with your investing. So. I bet you there's some ETFs out there with some good tickers. And we like our ETF tickers. So let's talk about some ETFs. So these are exchange-traded funds. These are different than mutual funds. And again, we're always going to say it, but if you want to learn about the difference, we have an episode where we're dedicated to discussing that. We're not going to talk about it today. But ETF, exchange-traded fund that you can invest in this theme is the Amplify Seymour Cannabis ETF. Ticker, CNBS. And Seymour is not, I want to see more cannabis. It's nope. S E Y M O U R. So, yeah. Exactly. Another one is the Advisor Shares Pure Cannabis ETF, as opposed to the not pure one. And the ticker is YOLO. YOLO. Uh, another one is the just straight up cannabis ETF. Ticker THCX. There you go. And one more, and Josh's favorite, yep. the ETF MG Alternative Harvest ETF. Ticker MJ. I mean, you know, these. That's, that's good. They're on it. Someone paid big money yep. for MJ as their ticker. And YOLO. YOLO is still out there. I, I mean, skydiving, I know. publicly traded skydiving oh, ETF. So All. let's flip the page to mutual funds because yes. you can also invest in mutual funds. There's an American Growth Cannabis Fund mm. and does not have a great ticker. Well, they always have to Because mutual funds just Boo. typically don't have good tickers no. anyway. And this ticker is AMREX. So there are options out there. Again, not recommendations, but there are options to invest in this space. Yes. It's a growth space. <laughs> yeah, you like that. It's, that's apparently what, what your joke tells <laughs> that us. That was it's my joke. Space. So let's talk about performance, okay? Let's specifically talk about these ETFs that we talked about. I'm going to preface this by saying we don't have a long track record. These companies have not been public very long, so therefore the ETFs that hold them have not been available very long. So CNBS, which is the Amplify Seymour Cannabis ETF, that is up 1.5% over the past two years. Woohoo! Now, the SPY, so the Spider S&P 500 ETF, is up 55% over the same time. Yeah. It's been a bumpy ride. Over one year, however, so going back one year, the CNBS ETF is up 43% versus 30% for the SPY. Okay. So it's bumpy is what yeah, we're gathering volatility. there. Volatility. New so, industries tend to be that way. So let's talk about YOLO. YOLO is up less than 1% over the past two years. And over one year, it's up 41%. THCX is down 24% over the past two years. Oh, wow. Down. 
24%. Over one year, it's up 44%. There you go. <laughs> and MJ, best ticker award. Yes. It's down 32% over the past two years and over one year up 30%. So like the, a lot of the market, it's the last over the last one year, I mean, we're talking the recovery time Absolutely. Know, for the whole market. So in line. but And a lot of that had volatile. to do with the election changed some of people's views on these companies because as the election leaned more blue over more time, especially into January, right, mm-hmm. as we had the runoffs in Georgia, that made people think that these would have been a better option than they were previously yeah. because of the opportunity of that being on the legislative agenda. Yep. So, Josh, as we know, the question always is, should – we know we can, yes. but should we invest in pot stocks? Well, I usually say it depends, and I'm going to say that again, but there's an extra added piece to this. Yeah. You know, uh, Normally, it depends on your situation, your goals, your risk tolerance, and all that still applies. But the added piece to that is, you know, there is it is still illegal federally. And so from a moral standpoint, how do you feel investing in an industry that has been deemed to be federally illegal? Although some states, again, like we talked about, have legalized it within their state. So that's one more aspect to consider when you think about investing in this area. So as always, talk to your advisor. Make sure you have a very good conversation on what that means, what the tax impact would be, any ramifications. If you don't have an advisor, you you can give us a call. We'd be happy to help talk with you about how we... We do investing, but you know this is one of those a lot stickier of a situation than you know when we talked about what utilities or anything like that. It's right. There's another aspect added on top of why or why not if you should be in into this type of thing. Absolutely, so. yeah. Great, great answer, Josh. Two reminders as we wrap up this episode. Number one, it's not too late to enter our second half stock draft competition. You'll start with a fresh hundred thousand fake dollars and be competing with the rest of us all the way through the end of the year, you can actually enter all the way up to the end of the year. And hey, who knows what will happen? Yeah, it's anyone's a good game. idea. Yeah, it's anyone's game at this point. Number two, as always, free check out our free gift to you. It's a brief list of eight principles of timeless investing. These are overarching investment themes meant to keep on track to meet your long-term goals. And no, we don't specifically talk about pot stocks. Um, but check that out. It's free on our website. Josh, how can people help us grow this podcast? Yeah, make sure you subscribe. That way you can always get our most recent episodes downloaded straight to whatever device you use to listen to podcasts. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you have any questions about what we talked about today, want some clarification, or have a great topic you'd love to hear us talk about, shoot us an email at hello at theinvestedads.com. And then if you know somebody talking about this topic, share this episode and hopefully we'll inform them. Give us some more things to think about. That's right. Well, until next Thursday, have a great week. Yep. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Invested Dads podcast. This episode has ended, but your journey towards a better financial future doesn't have to. Head over to theinvesteddads.com to access all the links and resources mentioned in today's show. If you enjoyed this episode and we had a positive impact on your life, leave us a review. Click subscribe and don't miss the next episode. Josh Robb and Austin Wilson work for Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. All opinions expressed by Josh, Austin, or any podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Hicks and Zerker Capital Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. 
there is no guarantee that the statements, opinions, or forecasts provided herein will prove to be correct. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Indices are not available for direct investment. Any investor who attempts to mimic the performance of an index would incur fees and expenses, which would reduce returns. Securities investing involves risk, including the potential for loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment plan or strategy will be successful.